Alrighty, this is From My Chair with Carlos. We are back for episode two of an ongoing series with the band Silence. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more music today. We're going to have some music to play you guys. And uh, stay tuned and check it out. Alright guys, this is From My Chair with Carlos. If you're a new listener, please hit that subscribe button and turn on your notifications so you don't miss a single episode. I'm here again with the guys from Silence. Silence, how are you going? Introduce yourself, guys, again. Yeah, it's Bob Sanders, uh, vocals, guitar. Dave Kerno, vocals, drums. Bill Slitter, bass, vocals. And wow. that wasn't our music at the top of the show, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, no, it, it wasn't. That's kind of funny. We're going to be going from that Royalty sound. free, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Okay, guys, so we wrapped up our last episode. Now, we, we're getting right into the release of the album of uh, Silence, your first album, Sound of the Rain, which was released on CEG Records in 1993, 1994. And I want to talk about that album specifically. There was 11 tracks on that album. And what do you guys remember about recording your first album? What was it like in the studio? Was it your first big gig? Was it the first big producer? Was it pie in the sky? Was it aspirations? You were going on tour? Take first, me, take me back. First time we recorded a full album that we didn't pay for, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Everything yeah. else was out of our pocket, so all of a sudden somebody else was footing the bill. So we felt like taking our time a little bit. Yeah, we could actually breathe in the studio and not just go in there and actually have to say, okay, all seven songs or six songs we're gonna do is done. Let's get all the basics track do- tracks done right now. Right now. Okay, hurry on out and run right. right through them. And then, you know, uh, over a weekend, we had to get it done most of the time. This was over the course of four weekends, six weekends, whatever. During the week, we'd go and do vocals. Uh, How many just, hours do you think you guys put oh, in? Oh, man, I don't... It, it really didn't take very... You know, it was actually not so bad. We actually had been playing most of these songs for a long time. So we really knew this, uh, uh, except for maybe two of them. Yeah. We've... We really knew them already. The basic tracks were pretty simple. Yeah, because a couple we, of weekends, we basically played the basic tracks live. Yeah, they didn't. Added, they didn't get they, tweaked really. Yeah. yeah, and then we just added production after that. So yeah, all four of us were in different rooms, um, and then we they had everybody in the same room. The body wise, mm-hmm. he had a scratch vocal just to keep us on track. Right. Yep, and we were we, whatever we messed up, or if if the drums were good, and he just had to go back and fix one yep. little line on the bass, or one get, it took yeah one time through, and we were done. Yep, we punched in a lot of things, punched in bass, guitar, stuff like that. The drums was the main, the main thing that needed to be right. Right. The drums, because like I said, when in our last episode when I was telling you, hey, I got Dave, we're building a band around Dave. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, you're the leader, right? Absolutely. Get the basic track right. Absolutely. Yes. So what other production notes can you guys go over with that album? Like, was were you guys pleased with the album? Was it too, was it, did you guys you know, not have a say-so? Was it overtaken from you? Was it, walk, walk me through that. Yes to all. Uh, you know what, we were happy with the songs i think we wrote some cool songs that were supposed to be you know a little heavier than they turned out right uh so we all went in and played them live and it felt like they got overtaken by somebody that wanted to mix things like a 1960s folk album right well and you said it yourself carlos that you you hear these songs when we played them live and they sound different than they do on the album i mean not drastically different but they they did sound different because they were heavier live and that was what we wanted to do but they in my opinion um it was a lot of those tunes were 
a lot really toned down. Yeah. Really toned down. They, they, uh, for lack of a better term, they wimped them out a little bit. Yeah, they made them safe metal, and it should have been heavier, just yeah. all around heavier yep. and crunchy. And we couldn't say the word more guitars if we, we tried. We kept saying, yeah, all the way more through crunch, the whole thing was, right. you know, we need more guitars. And now, the, the, turn the guitars down. You need more yeah. vocals. <laughs> yeah. So, now, now, was there any mention from the producers about the whole Seattle thing going on and alternative rock ever come up no, once? It, it came up. Yeah. It, they... Not not like not like that. Not like what you're saying. Well, we better sound more like Alice in Chains right. or more like some. You know, sure. it's right. not like that. It was like that's not what really is, it's what's really happening right now. It's like, well, that's what we do though, right? In one of our you songs, you signed us. You know, one of our songs. I remember we we were somewhere at a convention or something, and they're like, "Well, what kind of music do you guys play?" And somebody said, "Oh, you know, it's kind of a alternative," and I'm like. No hell? damn alternative. <laughs> who said that? I think it might have been Larry who said that, but it was, uh, yeah. There were definite influences that they wanted. I think they didn't say it, but they wanted us to to follow. Right. Yeah. So we got we got we got mixed differently than we played. Like if you saw this, if you if you heard one of these songs on the radio, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's cool. And if you came out and saw us live, you'd have gone, fuck, those guys are heavy. Oops. Those guys. <laughs> that's fine. Those, <laughs> those guys are heavier than that. And, you know, uh, you know, it's just fortunate that they're all also real pretty. That worked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, three out of the four. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Some eye candy up there. So I want to play one of the songs, one of the tracks off the album, which, again, you walk me through the production value on this. The song is called Mistreated. It's one of your favorites. Like I said, watching this live, like again, you guys were a live band and that's a compliment because a lot of the, our favorite bands, Aerosmith, Van Halen, kick ass on the records. But when you go see them live, it's a punch in the face. Yeah. And completely I, different. I, right. But I think a lot of your spirit was captured on this album. I, I clearly wasn't like, this was in silence. This was warrant. Yeah. It sounded like you guys looked like you guys, but there was, again, I'm a fan. I was a listener. I wasn't behind the scenes where you guys are probably going, Oh, God, why are we doing this, or why do they do that, or blah, blah, blah. Right. But let me play, I'm going to play the intro to uh, Mistreated up to, like, the first chorus, guys, and then we'll, we'll break down Mistreated. Is that cool with you guys? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Sure. Okay, this is from Sound of the Rain, CEG Records from 1994. This is track 10, Mistreated. That was heavy. Nice. Love the intro. What do you got on that, Dave? Um, I, I like the way that one, um, it, that was pretty much how we wrote it and how we were playing it. I still think the guitars could have been a little bit more 
in your face. But later in the song, there was actually this really badass like bridge before the solo. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. That half step bridge we put in there. They took that out. It completely nixed it. We had it recorded, but they completely. Yeah. And yeah. that was like what was the, the, wick, the wickedest part of the whole song. What yeah. was the reason behind taking that out? Time. Every song had to be four minutes and 17 seconds to or, be played on yeah, the radio. Three minutes, three minutes and, and yeah. 35 Five seconds. seconds. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Whatever it was. Because it was a little bit too long. That made it a little bit too long. Now, walk the listeners through this again, because we're all studio musicians. We've all right. done this, but a lot of people just are fans. So when, they, when your producer says they have to be four minutes and 37 seconds or mm-hmm. something, does it really? I mean, are they going to like fire you guys or can you guys push back on that? Or were you guys just falling in line because you didn't want to muck up something new? Yes, we can push back on it. In fact, we did on almost every song because our songs weren't short by any they means. They were four minutes all day. Yeah, all they were four. And we would say, no, this one's staying as is. We, and we would have to dig our heels in on certain things and say, no, this is, this is our song. We wrote it. This is not, you know, this is our. How many times did we say this is our vision? This is our band. Yeah. How all day yeah, long so you we pick, kept you, saying You had to that. pick and choose battles on which we songs did. you were like, okay. Yeah. And then yep. we had to think about truly which one of these is going to end up on the radio. That's yeah. the one that's right. got to be. And that, that's all they cared about. Yep. Yeah, that was. That's a, they heard our slow songs. Right. That's what we got. It seemed like we got signed off of our slow songs, and they wanted everything to sound like it's that. it's the '80s hit mentality, yeah. uh, you yep. know, Warrant, Heaven, and and Poison, Every Rose, and yeah. uh, you know, yep. uh, that's that was the hit song, and then you got introduced to everything else. They're like, oh, these guys write a nice ballad, yeah. And they were like, sure, sure, but but that's not but all, that's <laughs> not all we are. But it's in addition to, not yes. instead. We're of. only giving you a right. ballad break because we right. just beat you in the face right. for twenty minutes, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. In, in, with five straight songs that just cut your throat, you know, you know, yeah. You don't want that to define your um, who you are. You know what I mean? Right. There's a lot of bands that released slow songs or whatever that kind of, then they kind of defined who they were from that point when they had a lot of better songs. But I want to also double back to what you said about this represents the band. And at the time, I was working also musician, screenwriter, but I was also working in video production with Jonas, Jonas Mayab. Shout out to him. Um, and we were, we were in, uh, we, our video company was called Vision Factory, which was a takeoff ILM. And we wanted to do your first video because the band was breaking and we were doing the first video. And the first song for me from my chair that represented all the facets of silence, the intro, the musicianship, the vocals, the sound, mm. the, the, the slow verse, the kick you in the teeth chorus, the harmonies was Shanna. Yeah. So yeah. We, I don't even remember asking you guys, like, should we have done the video for a chance of a lifetime? Because if you remember back in the day, I wanted to do a three mm. video yeah, uh, we, project because we actually thought we were going to do that we, video with you after, you know, we did Shannon was first then chance of a lifetime would have been the next one. Probably. Right. Correct. Cause I wanted to do um, from personally, I wanted to do waiting to happen. Cause that's my favorite song on the album. Even though you hit the lyrics, I get it. But I wanted because for me, for me, that was everything. It was like Shanna, it was waiting to happen. And then it was chance of a lifetime. So back then in the video business, kids, the VHS, you would get like the Metallica one or you get the band Halo one of the Aerosmith. And it was like interview with the band video, interview with the band video, interview with the band video. Yeah, it was like right. three videos. So I'm like, we're going to do that. Remember taking you guys out to I Live Park Saloon and interviewing oh, you guys yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. Billy, right, playing, Billy playing foosball and that one yeah, shit came up. That's not, that's not right, right. But anyway, so I instinctively <laughs> listen to your album back and forth. I, I know your guys' catalog. And I'm like, we're doing Shanna. Because visually, as soon as I hear your intro, which we're going to play right now, 
I immediately saw visuals to this. I saw how I wanted you guys to look, how I wanted to present you guys. And I thought the video was really kick ass. I thought it was really good and, yeah. and represented you guys. So it was awesome. Really quick. So I'm going to play the intro to Shanna and then we'll talk about that really quick. But check this out. Dude, love it, love it, love it. Take us, take us back. Could, could you, could you right now, if we got on instruments, do you guys think you could remember actually and play this live right now? I think I could actually sing the harmonies in the backgrounds. We played that song so much that I'm saying it. I, I, I could do it right now. I think I it's ingrained, it right totally ingrained. I, I, I could play it right now. Yeah, I would I prefer to sing it half a step lower, but I could <laughs> do it right now. <laughs> Drop, Drop yeah, D, man. Exactly, yeah, because this, that actually. No, was that standard E? That was before we tuned down. We yeah. didn't tune down oh, yeah, until we were that playing was 440, live. Bro. That was all standard. Straight up dude. E, man. And it was after playing that for a couple of years. I'm like, hey, hey guys, what do, you, what do you think about what do you guys think about tuning down? How about uh, four thirty five? How about throw your singer a bone, man? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, I buddy. couldn't imagine yes. four forty. Absolutely, that we was all... electric too. That was just a clean pickup electric. That's was what that it was. okay? Because yeah. I I was asking about that. Um, I asked him what's what um, at the intro. What was the guitar he used? On that, was that that acoustic electric? Ovation? Remember that acoustic yeah, electric? Yeah, dude, that was that ovation. Yes, that was the acoustic electric. Uh, it was. It was before the ovation. It was the. Uh, I had a different one. It was the white Kramer. Yeah, white Kramer. That's okay. Oh, that's the what skinny I thought. one. Yeah, skinny white Kramer yeah. acoustic electric. Oh yeah, it was I mean, the Sambora was, special. That was cool. Yeah, that's right. You know those Sambors are worth a lot now. Yeah, yeah. You got rid of it, didn't dude, you? Dude, if I could have any of my old gear back, oh. any of it. You, I know you, it. You know that ADA. You people you are paying a lot of money. Guitars I sold. They're not. They're not paying a lot of money. Those RG five fifties back in the day were all USA made, and they were like four hundred bucks a pop. And I had like I don't know twelve. I had every color. Right? Every color. And now they're like the yeah. You can't even get the now. Mm -hmm. No. So like that, Billy. Where'd you come up with that baseline, dude? Jeez, uh, I don't even remember. Actually, um, you were you were following a Stu Ham video. No, I'm well, kidding. Well, I was, <laughs> but no, actually. Uh, if I remember, their first bass player before we talked about this last episode, but Cody. Cody. He used to do that <clears throat> that finger tap and stuff all the time, and he was really good at it. Yeah. And I think I saw him do something 
one time and I'm like, so I started doing it and tried to do it and I came up with that after that. So now did you come up with the baseline to match Dave's drum intro or Dave, were you doing the drum intro to match your baseline? That was bass riff first, the, right? the bass riff. The bass riff came first. Uh, yeah, I think so. And then we, uh, we were like, well, we should do the way we should start this. We were kind of trying to figure out how to, you know, how to get into this. Right. Sure. Uh, the drum beat came, um, in a practice. We were just, you know, I was doing that. Uh, just the, the beginning part and doing the the Tom thing, he started doing the the thing on the top. Of it. Oh, hey, we should use that to set. That's the way we wrote all the time. Was yeah. just God, I miss those yeah, days. I know, it, it was just came, a simple. It was yeah. just a simple baseline with no context. Yeah, we were like, well, but, we should use that for something. And then he <laughs> came in for what about putting that at the beginning of Shanna? I was like, nobody started. nobody opens a song with a bass riff. I know it. <laughs> so or do, drums do, and bass, do, 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 do. you know. And then I was like, listen to it going. It's two chords. It's just two chords. I can sing over that all day as long yeah. as I don't have to play it. <laughs> because, again, for me, visually, the album kicks off with Sound of the Rain, which is a big chorus, you yeah. know, and the, the intro and the let's rock, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But that song, Shanna, sits right in the middle. It's track seven. Yeah. And listen to your album from beginning to end. And Shanna follows up The Pain, which we're going to play. Because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we have an early demo of The Pain. Which The Pain is one of your, I'm going to rip my face off. But but (laughs) Shanna is right. Dude, it's tucked right in there. It's like almost like, you know, the Beatles planned out every track after this track, after this track. Or Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Think Led Zeppelin 1, 2, 3, 4, all of House of the Holy. Every song, when you hear one song on any Led Zeppelin album, right, you immediately think of the next song that's coming up. Exactly. Yep. You, you cannot not think that. Yep. And, and I like to defy any, like, radio station to play, like, you know, what is it, um, Heartbreaker. Yeah. They always go into li- Living Loving Made did, or whatever. Yeah, like, it has to. They, it's they just, like some of the old ACDC albums. They have, they have to go back to back. You right. Know? So yeah. for me, you, the top part of your album, the first four, classic all the tears right in the middle and then the last the back nine if that, you will if dude you, it worked like it worked it worked i think we got to think about it a bunch we on order we had to think about it a bunch because they kept telling us well what the what how do you want these songs yeah. and we kept looking at each other going uh uh, we, uh. <laughs> honestly we we talked about it I, I remember talking about this as if it was our live set how do we how do we play a live set i was That's just gonna, exactly i was just gonna this ask is that. how we start does it go off yep. the live set yeah thing? mostly right and yeah. we actually Played Mostly. the set a lot like that from then on. When we were doing our, if we were headlining show, we'd play which, our album. This is what this is what we played. Yes, that's that's awesome. Now again, that's my take on Shanna, a full representation from top to bottom. What other song before we go into the pain was the song on this album that represented you guys top to bottom? Like we could all agree again, Shanna, but from Bob's chair, Bob, you pick one song off this album. To put in the time capsule 50 years from now, what's, what song is it going to be? Just from this album, not, you not know, your catalog, because you got a huge catalog. From this album, I, I, th- I think, uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I got you. I, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm thinking, I, I, I still probably put Shan in there because it was, for me, one of the most complete songs that we wrote. It had all the pieces, the changes, harmonies, still was pretty crunchy. They watered it down. Like, you could even hear those vocals duck under a little bit. They, like, they, they should have punched. Yeah. Instead of punching up, they, they went, and they just sort of ducked under a little. Mm-hmm. And the, It was just, it, the mix was not right, but the, the song craft to me was great. I dug it. Nice. Dave? Um, uh, the one after... Um, <laughs> 
Let me get walk you away. That, that one walk song. away. Golly, I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Walk away. Um, I think that was one that we had that tongue in cheek. Our, we was we were always trying to write that tongue in cheek song. In your window. It, yes, exactly. And and the way we that kind of had a lot of our um, style in there. It was just a little three, four, six, eight ditty, but uh, it just got totally ruined when they put the sax in there. So uh, I'd say that when we played that live, it was completely a different song. Completely. Compl- it was, I think, badass when we played that live. And the harmonies yeah. were great. Yep. Um, we, we always made sure we had some kind of harmony on the chorus. Do you remember? Okay, Billy, what do you got? So I'd say um, there's actually a couple. I know I'm only supposed to pick one. But uh, I'd say Mistreated. I know I'm not supposed to pick that one. Mistreated and, and Shanna. Those were... The two songs that I, I think personified the attitude of the band. Sure. And the music of the band. Sure. Because that's, that's the kind of stuff that we, that we were writing, and that's the kind of stuff that we liked. You know, there was, Mistreated was kind of, in its true form, it was kind of raunchy and, you know. Um, sure. And just like that. But, stanky. And then she, yeah, yeah. Stanky, you know. Yeah. And then Shanna was more refined music you know musicianship and technical and so there was because we did we did both kinds we we wrote songs country and western exactly go ahead I want to we we wrote songs we wrote technical songs and we wrote simple raunchy songs and that's those are the two songs i thought were represented the band the best when so what I always said that you guys had over the other guys, which I just loved and want to be a part of, was because you had Bob with the Bob, Bob with the Bob, Bob with the Bon Jovi, White Snake, power rock metal. But you had Billy with the Fates Warning, Queensryche kind of dudeness. Then you had Dave who could go in either way. So you could either be Tommy Lee or you could be Mike Portnoy, any given song. And so what... Dude, it was like the sky was the limit. So every time we would write a song, you mean Billy write a lot of songs together too, like acoustically, we use the same chords of progressions because we know we can just hear Dave over the top. Yep. And then Bob has that voice, which can, can just tailor it to it. So I think, again, this first album is a solid representation of what you guys are all about. Like, I really want to just reiterate that. And going into that, I want to also play The Pain because this is a... Live, this is one of your greatest songs live because it was literally, I remember seeing Larry with the carbon just, just yeah. melting your face. But again, like I said earlier, it wasn't a painful melt. It was like, a, oh, this is kicking ass. Like, yeah. And this is an old song. This is like uh, one of the original Hard Knock songs. Yeah, one of the first was, songs that's what I was going to say about oh. it too is it's actually a Hard we, Knock song. We kept it. Yeah. and One of the first it. songs we yeah. wrote together. The um, I wanted to say something really quick too about this whole album. We We... We're not crying about it, but we're, you know, we complain about the production of this and that. But to be honest with you, it was so cool to actually, you know, get signed and go into the, to a, a studio like FTM that recorded the Denver Symphony on an, on an average weekend. They wow. would, but you know, it's a huge place, you know. And it was so amazing being in that smaller room recording everything and then going to the big room to record everything, to mix it yep. down and... It was great, man. It, it was, was totally it was a, cool. It we was were, a great experience. So yeah, it was. it's not. I know we can't cry about it. We can reflect just, yeah. now because yeah, that's a good know, word. So many reflect. years after the fact, well, but yeah. it was a cool experience. Well, let me take you back really quick before I play the song. Reflecting on it, you, did you guys know your status amongst the other bands like us and everything else? Because one, 
first of all, street cred, remind, remember, guys, was the live show. So you not everyone was signed. You can't just go listen to a record. Who's this band? I'm going to go buy the record. Yeah. Right. You had to see them at the Broadway, at the Bangles, at, yeah. you know, everywhere. I left. But you guys were clearly held your own with any live band. And then two, you guys had musicianship. Three, you guys had vocals. And then four, you guys were signed. And then five, you guys released an album. So you guys had to feel pretty confident, right? Like, you, I mean, not in a jerk way, but no, like, no. Like, like, we guys were not like you think. We were well, just, we just went out and hammered it. Well, so let me let me go around the corner really quick. So, were you guys aware of the status amongst other Denver acts? Um, no, I think we still thought we had to go slug it out every night to, I, and with something to prove. Which yep. I'm going to say that I think we all think thought the same thing is that every time yeah. we went and played it at, on Wednesday night at 11 o'clock at the Broadway, even though we had an album out, it didn't matter. We still had to go out there. And every time we hit the stage, it was a hundred percent, no matter what Yep, you full had throttle. to play full. Yeah, exactly. Full throttle, a hundred percent. And it was, everybody had to be on, and it didn't matter if there was six people or 600, you had to, be, you had to play. And there were, you know, there were bands around, around Denver that had way bigger followings than us, you know, that, I don't know if they ever got signed or not, I don't, I don't know if they did, but, you know, I, we never really thought about that, you know? No. Oh, where, where, who are we compared, you know? The Dogs of Pleasure was one of the big oh, local God. bands. And those guys were bad. Was, wasn't ass. Rooster playing with those guys? He was. Was yeah. he? Yeah. 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 He did. yeah. They were badass. And yeah. they had a huge following. I forgot all about them. Yeah. And the, I know our following wasn't as big as theirs, but yeah. we didn't think of it like that. We're not yeah. like, well, how do we compare to these guys? But if we ever had to play with those guys, you know, as we did with anybody, we were bringing our A uh, game. We're like, these guys are going to know who we are after we play. Yeah. I was just going to say, it was that. It was, instead of being like, I want to be the headliner, now you got to be this, we need opening bands. It was, put us on the bill, and we played with Dogs of Pleasure, and we played shows corruption, with Corruption, were, Angelic Rage. rage. We, we rehearsed bands right next to them. Yeah. Way and heavier than us. Two so we're badass like, bands as well. We're like, wicked, let's go do it. Yeah. And let's let's do 100% and go yeah. follow that. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, awesome. That sounds cool, guys. What I want to do really quick is I want to play the studio, the, the song, The Pain, from the album, original recording, and then I want to follow that up with the demo. I'm sure you guys have not heard the demo in Ooh, years and decades. In a while. Do so, we want to? the reason they call it a demo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I think you guys are going to be pleasantly surprised. So here's The Pain from Sound of the Rain, CG Records, 1994. Check this out, guys.
I tell you, that even with the mix as it was for that album, that drum sounded wicked. I think the vocals that sound did. tight. Yeah. Like your voice, I don't even know how you did that back. Like, I can't even like mimic that. That is like some high <laughs> the uh, volume. I, I will say the harmonies just it, it just seemed like they were like never put in there correctly. It just seemed like they were loose they were on loose. that. Yeah, maybe. yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, that was that was a, a good. I think that was a good indication of what we were sort of sounding like. And it had like this Larry crunch, right? And then yeah. a little clean. And yeah, it yeah. did. It, that had was, a little bit it was a good representation, that song was, as yeah. well. Then did you guys start off the show with that song? Because that would have been a great show opener. What did you guys open up the, your show with? We used to open up it, with... Did well, you switch it up? Oh, yeah. We Every opened up with played. old songs. We Yeah. We opened up with songs that didn't make it on the album, like DUI mm. and stuff like that. We would open with that. I think we opened up with Mistreated a lot, too, just because it... Mistreated was... That, once the album came out, we, we definitely opened with Mistreated yeah, yeah. a lot. Nice. Now, guys, uh, we're going to take you back to October 5th, 1955. Oh, yeah. you know, you know <laughs> we're going back to the future. <laughs> this is a demo of The Pain. Oh, man. No, dude... This is cool. So this is the demo. Probably some of the record labels heard, and they're like, "Yeah, grab these dudes." The, but this is awesome. The man. chorus is distinctly different. I remember. <laughs> yes, distinctly. <laughs> no, is this Larry playing or is this Tom? Or is this, this just is a Tom. three piece? This, 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 this is Tom. Yeah, this is Hard Knocks, dude. Old stuff. All right, here we go. Check it out. The demo of the pain. <laughs> You can go ahead and cue me in. I, I, got, I got the drummer going, cut it, cut it, cut it. Billy's like, no, 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 no. See, nah. here's the good part is the songwriting improved. Well, <laughs> lyrically speaking. No, no, did. no, no, no. It, it, you know, it, it, everything evolves as you play it. You know. I will say this, though. I didn't, I didn't sing it any different, honestly, from the, the demo to the, the later version. I don't really think I sang mm -hmm. it any different. Yeah, the chorus just changed. We just... Took a lot of things out and, and made it a little simpler. Uh, and and I wish we'd have been able to keep our guitars in tune. But now I remember. I think we were recording out in the garage. Was that a it time was, capsule? Yeah, it was cold. Yeah. So yep. it, was, it was cold. We couldn't keep anything in tune, as was evident by the guitar. <laughs> there was a lot of demos that 
the guitars were out of tune. Yeah. I think we were out in the cold a lot. It had that Sabbath that's like just yeah. barely off tune, yeah. Black Sabbath feel, <laughs> you know. Just make like two hairs stand up, but yeah. not enough to turn it off. Like, yeah. So that wasn't as horrible as as I remember. I know but it. It actually wasn't. And and you know we we the the song evolved as you as you play it live so many times. It it does. It changes. It improved. Good. It yeah. got it got better. Oh yeah. It got better. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. So. uh what were, again, we went over the expectations and sales and all that. So wrapping up with your first album, what were your final thoughts then and now? Album was good, especially because it was a signed record and we got to do it and put it out there. It was good. We all knew it could be a little bit better, but it was good. Uh, we all wish it would have sold better, I guess, and done something else. But at the time, it was awesome. Yeah. I wish we could have actually toured for it you know that would have been the main thing that would have made it better but well there was no tour well yeah there was no world tour but we did we did go to some different places oh yeah we played a lot of foundation form things we did a lot of stuff that we talked about you know in the past one but there was no tour tour. but not it wasn't the yeah i just wish we could have you know gotten into a bus and gone i know we all had jobs at that point we're like yeah i don't know if i could do that but we should have just done it yep. did, the, la- just did done the label it. offer that was there any kind no. of like no we, we can... would have been on our own they offered us a van with a vcr and some 70s porn and and, <laughs> and, and we put some miles on that van yeah we did and we watched a lot of 70s porn <laughs> and there is nothing funnier i'm gonna promise there's nothing funnier than watching blazing saddles at three o'clock in the morning through driving Pittsburgh, through Kansas. Pittsburgh, Kansas. <laughs> yep. And every one of us knew every word of the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was Pittsburgh, Kansas. That's yep. one that of the greatest movies ever. Now now did you guys just jump in the van and you guys just went like tri or tri state, you know, all four states uh They booked some colleges. We did some college gigs yeah. and yeah. and some some clubs and music festivals yeah. and just not a you know, we're going to go out for six months and just support exactly. record. It just was festival stuff. Try right. and hit places like, you know, the size of like the Ogden and headline oh. places like that. Try right. and set it up. I know we could have. I think we had enough. I think the music would have spoke for itself. Even if we could get um, on with somebody else and right. open for As them. As an opener, support right. Support position. Yeah. Support position for, you right. know, six, eight months, whatever. Yeah. Um, and go overseas. Because actually our, our stuff did actually do okay overseas. So... We didn't, you know, we didn't go support it, which I think it was a shame, but. Yeah, you know. funny story real quick. So my, um, and this is years after the album or whatever. Um, my dad used to sell stuff on eBay a lot. You know, he had these stuff and he would sell them on eBay and he sold something to some guy in New Jersey. And this is a story my dad told me. So um, the guy recognized his name and he's like, hey, he sent my dad a message. He's like, hey, are you, are you the same Bill Schlitter from Silence? Right on. <laughs> and my dad's dude. like, no, no, that's my son. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, dude, tell them they got to come back out to Jersey, man. Yeah. We're huge oh. fans out here. I know. We had, we had nice. upstate. Big, yeah, upstate in New York and Jersey. They, we, yeah. had, we had My radio dad told play, me that. Man. I'm like, oh, cool, man. We were getting we were getting $1.50 residuals from ASCAP, man. It was awesome. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, $6 royalty checks. <laughs> yeah. now, now, one of my favorite scenes of every music movie, and I watch every music movie, be it La Bamba to Buddy Holly Story to Selena, is when they first hear their song on the radio or they first go to the record store and there's their album 
So yeah. walk me through that. What was it like when you guys first saw your CD in the record store or you heard the song on the radio? Because didn't KBPI play? They did. You know, yeah. right, right. So what was that like? Is it like the movies or is that all embellished? I, it's not embellished. You, you, you hear it on, especially on your local station. You're like, you can't turn your car radio up loud enough to make sure that everybody hears wow. it because yeah. you're like, Check, that's that's, that's got to be cool, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's me. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it, I'm not gonna lie, it's it's cool. Yeah, it, it really it is. was really cool. It was really cool the first time we went to Media Play to do a, an acoustic gig there, and they had a whole end cap with just our silence. Yeah, oh, man, I was there. Posters and still gives my makes yeah. the hair stand up on my on my arms. It was just it was amazing. You right know, next to Lion King, right? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> you know what's funny is. I was in a uh, like a wax tracks or something long, nice. you know, years later, or whatever, and I found one of our CDs in the in the cutout bin. <laughs> yeah, Aww. you know, yeah, you and know, it was like one of the that. autographed ones. So I'm like, hey, yeah, <laughs> man, this might have been worth some money, man. <laughs> it's it's a dollar ninety nine. <laughs> it was. It was in the cutout bin. <laughs> like, oh, it was man. Some limited edition autograph yeah. version. I'm like, oh shit. All right, that was awesome. Okay, let's come up to the second album now, guys. Second from album. Silence, is Sign of the Time. So what do you guys remember about that, Bob? What can you tell us about that? Well, that was the change of culture and, and styles, and everything was grungy in Seattle and acoustic and blah 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 but we were sort of behind the sign of a time, maybe. And, you know, Influence wanted us to sort of kind of play like this because this is what's popular and this is what's on the radio. So we toned it down a lot right we were, we were chasing something and not us but the record label was chasing things and this is the way they wanted us to to head yep and so we did as we always do we we wrote songs that we thought was you know our style but in that vein uh, yeah i mean that's that's it, bob said it you know we were actually a couple of years behind I think that the times. So when it, I think they had in mind kind of an Alice and Chains, Jar of Flies kind of a thing. But when gotcha. they were releasing that, we were releasing our first album. When we were releasing our second album, which was the quote acoustic album, um, that time had already passed. So yeah. it, it was, it just, I don't know, that's, I didn't like it. Now, did you guys have to write new material for that to fit that pattern? Or did you guys already have stuff ready to go and you just altered it? Both. We, we, we both, yeah. Yeah, both. yeah, we both, like the, the title track, Sign of a Time, was a Larry riff that we took and we just like mangled it into this song that you're going to hear. Oh, it's fantastic. But there's also, uh, like we took, there's a tune on here, Sad Eyes, that was an old, older song. It was, it was. It was a hard knocks, right? Yeah, it was a hard knocks. Yeah. It was heavy and it was, it was ballsy and we like tweaked it all down and instead of coming in with those crunch guitars it came in with this really nice clean fender twin vibe yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah so it was so we yeah and bob's right we had songs that we had written originally and they were pretty heavy and everything well we put a couple of them on this album and we had to turn them into some kind of an acoustic yeah, because what we initially thought was going into the second album, we were going to put Sad Eyes, DUI, mm -hmm. some of the stuff that we were doing still live yeah. that were hard knocks songs that we had, you know, kind of revamped. Right. Uh, we were thought we were going to go back in and put more songs like that down. Um, uh, and it they, they totally switched gears on us when we right. were... Was it a shock? Were you like in the studio getting ready to go? And they're like, oh, no, guys. No, it was uh, way before we even got to the studio. Uh, yeah. They were like... Oh, no, yeah, they proposed that to us. And we even had... We even had songs that we had written 
after we released the first album yeah. right, that were just really badass, heavy. I think some of the best stuff we re- we had written yeah. so far was we, was this that we wanted to put on another yeah. album, another you know rock sure. album. Uh huh. But now, just, did you guys have a manager at this time? Because because the manager have gone to bed for you guys and said like no, we were. You never, did you ever have this, a manager? This la- the label CG Records was not that big where we had an actual manager. No, and they were they were really more of a record label that you know, went along with those sort of followed trends and looked at data and, you know, we were still had a record that somebody else was going to foot the bill for and we just get to go in and record. So we did what anybody would do. You say, you say yes and you go, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it. Yep. Well, and we had, yeah, we had a three record deal and so we were wanted to also make sure we did. bound to that. Yeah, yeah. I know. And they oh. painstakingly kept telling us, well, you still owe us two more records. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we know that. Yeah. Wow. So let's head into the title track of that second album, guys. This is Silence, Sign of a Time. Check this out. Awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Not quite as metal as that first album, right? <laughs> Not at all, but it no. still sounds like silence to me, man. Dude, I, I don't know why. I just, I'm still hearing that song again for the first time in quite a lot of years, actually. It just, uh, we, we tried something different, and we put it out there, and it was, I, I don't know, I kind of, I dig that song. I, I kind of like the way it sounds. It's actually cooler to me now than it was Yeah, then. exactly. When it came out, I was like, yeah, okay, that was cool but now i i like the way it sounds yeah we still tried to put our um what it was it's not it wasn't stank yeah it wasn't <laughs> yeah. Heavy. not anymore yeah <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> we tried to put our uh i don't know our mark on it as yeah. much as we could even though right. you know to a certain extent and musicians know this especially when they're signing or they get you know they sign they're doing record deal or whatever they're pretty much told what to do a lot of times and I think that's, we were pretty much told what to do on that album, even though we wrote a lot of the songs and used some of the songs that we had written before mm-hmm. and still tried to make them our songs. We were still being told kind of what to do, yeah. which is why it, gear it toward this or make right. it sound like that or yeah, how about something like this. You don't, or, want a, you don't want distortion here. You want, you want clean here. But I, right. that's, that, that's actually a good song. Maybe, maybe I remake that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe redo. That'll be awesome. Now, I also want to bring up the song called Believe. Yeah. Which is one of the better tunes also. I dug Believe. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is very awesome. Let's go ahead and listen to a few uh, bars of Believe off the second album, Sign of a Time. Mm-hmm. 
See that one? That one I still. I think I just. I just sang that one like I would sing any of them, whether it was crunchy or heavy. I still got to sing that like me. I, I was shocked that we were actually allowed to put uh, crunch guitars in right? the background of that. That actually yeah. had some distorted <laughs> yeah. guitars. You know that became um, uh, when we when we would go and do like uh, the three piece thing. That became a song that we always played. That yeah. was always in the set list. Right. Um, when we went and played, you know, like some of the foundation forums, some of the, the things we did in Philly and um, uh, Kentucky. Remember when we went to t- Kentucky and played it? That, yeah, yeah, that was easy to do and it fit. And we yeah. Could sing it, and it. It fit. Well, we could play it on any of the rented gear that they gave us. It was <laughs> okay. So we went over to Germany, too. Did yeah. we play that stuff at Germany or was yeah. that some of the newer stuff? No, it was mostly that red album sort of stuff it yeah was, it was that i think because uh, i i only brought an acoustic to germany that's right did you have the um i put the synth on the it the synth on there mm-hmm. we were playing yeah so it was a, the the acoustic guitar with the synth background so it was really cool it made it sound like there was a fourth guy up there i took the gr9 electric guitar synth and i screwed it onto a wood top ovation acoustic <laughs> whoa <laughs> dead serious yeah and totally I, I provided our own extra pad and string section under a three-piece literally there we could for one time, he'd have it sounded like a, um, you know, a Fender Rhodes, and next to it would be strings. It, it was cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Ruined that guitar, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. <laughs> that, that, was, that was crazy. What else do you got on that, Bill? Um, as far as that album is concerned? Or just that song? Just that song. Because we're going to go into Sad Eyes next. I didn't know if you had gotten your... It, it, I don't know. I... I... That... I know these guys feel differently, but I I don't I just don't like that album. Mikey hates everything. I just Aww. I just no I'm not I'm not like Dave said before I'm not I'm not complaining about it. And at the time, you know, we tried to do the best we could and to make something that we'd be proud of and everything. But the, the more I listen to it, especially over the years, it's not like the first album where I listen to a song and I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's pretty cool. Like listening to the pain today, I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good, man. That's pretty cool. This album is not like that for me. Aww. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, God, it's horrible. <laughs> really? It just sucks Here's the ass. thing. It's, it's not lost on any of us that it wasn't our favorite stretch of time. We played yeah, the gigs. No, we but did fine. But it, was still, it was still a cool experience because we, we played other places to promote that album as well. You know, we got to go to different states and some different you know, areas. And like I said, we went, we went over to Europe, over to Germany and stuff like that. So it was a cool experience, but um, I didn't like the album. I mean, how was it received, though, with the fans and with the public? Did you guys mix in these, these tunes live with your other stuff? Clearly, was it like, yeah, we want the old stuff. We don't like the new stuff, like new Coke, old Coke kind of a thing? Or I think was we, it one and the same? I think we did mix. We, we did. We did mix them in. We did you know. mix them in, and it was um, 
more us not receiving them as well. So we they kind of right. mm. started. If we were playing, you know, four piece full on rock, we would add, you know, maybe one or two of them in there. But we still played sad eyes the other way, which we're going to get to here in a minute. Yeah, and I will say this: it gave us the a, an extra dimension. If we were playing somewhere that just happened to be like, remember we we walked into some weird supper club in the springs yeah, yeah. and we were pre- we were prepared to go in and play some metal and we yeah. looked around and <laughs> this place had tablecloths and candles and we're like nope yeah so we brought her back and played more like we were playing it when we were doing the media play we adjusted uh, to, the, to the place now. yeah we had we we actually had the gear the 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 songs to do that we had a catalog, catalog that, yes. that could kind of play anywhere do anything kind of Awesome. Now I want to bring up the next song, Sad Eyes, and we have the demo part of that. And you guys wanted me to play the chorus to show the difference of the choruses. So uh, we're going to play the first version, then we'll play the second version. So you're, this, playing, you're playing demo first? Um, I think this is the original release. We'll know. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll know. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll know. Let, let's, see if, <laughs> let's see if people play at home. Check it out. This is Sad Eyes uh, going into the chorus. You know that chorus, great chorus again, great vocals, guys. Like that, I, again, that was the version that ended up on the album. Yeah, that was the one that that ended up on the album. Right. It was safe. Yeah, <laughs> it was safe. Right, it really was. <laughs> it was safe. Now let's go to the demo part. Yes, the demo version uh, of that. And um, Bobby sounded like in a whole new register here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, drastically yeah. different. Check this out. Sad eyes demo. Lord, fellas, good Lord, Robert. I don't know. I should I should try to sing that in a key higher. Yeah, I think you should go even higher. The uh, it's like, guys, I, this is where the chorus is going to be. Put some harmonies to it, and we'd be like, "What's <laughs> nowhere to go?" Uh, we're out of we're out of notes on the piano. Ding ding. Dun, dun. There's no more notes. I remember, I remember doing that one, and I'd sing it all I got with that, which that was fun to sing. And I'd look at Dave and be like. Can you can you just go over to third and fifth and David yeah. be like, go over, <laughs> over? David's like spinal tap drummer just explodes <laughs> on stage, self combust. A lot of falsetto. Yeah, yeah. 
Man. But, but still, that's some good. I call that kind of like some pop metal, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. That that song was great. When you, if you would, if you would have let that go, there was some great solo work on that, too. I so. can pull it back up. It's, it's, just, it's our no, show. No, it's, it's, it's good, man. Let's keep talking. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, what other songs do you guys want to bring up on that album before we go into the new direction with some other songs that I want to highlight in the career after this album? Off the Red album? Sure. Nothing. Nothing. Wow, you guys are just. <laughs> I concur. Oh, this is like never meet your heroes, right? Guys? No, I'm There was some good it stuff. It got me through a breakup. And you guys are like, it sucks. You know, it sucks. No, it, and it didn't. And listen, <laughs> your life hey, I, has been a lie. I, I'm not gonna lie. I took I took that vibe and I ran with that. So when I do solo stuff, that's the kind of stuff I still play. Nice. It's still that kind of stuff, and I still call you know all of you to come play on it. It's mm-hmm. it's that kind of vibe, but. I'm old as hell, and it's easy to sing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it yeah. is. I mean, I'm singing in that register Woof. again, I wow, I just don't, you know, when you're young and dumb, man, you just go for it. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and uh, now when you're this age, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> and the, the thing about the second album is that they're not bad songs. Right. They were still our songs, and they were still good songs. It's just that they, the way they, they formatted them, you know, the way they... We had to change them. Yeah, wasn't to, wasn't what we wanted to do with I, them. I, I, but the songs themselves, we felt were still the writing. You know, was good. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but we were in Larry's garage, getting ready for the new the next album, and the person from CEG Records comes over and says, "So what do you got? Do you remember this?" And we played some of these songs. I think we did play Sad Eyes. We played a couple other ones, and he's like, "This is all just." way too heavy this is all to remember i mean he, we, yeah, do you remember do. that in the garage and we're just like, like looking at each other going well th- this is our these are our Sophomore songs album, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these are our songs you know and and we were just kind of all like okay so that's when we had to completely drop I, yeah i put, everything a, we I put down an electric picked up an acoustic and just play the same song like this and, and then well and then we had to write all this other and, stuff yeah it got weird i'm not gonna lie it got weird yeah. Wow. That, yeah. That, that that can't help. I mean, especially no. when you guys are like, yeah. Takes your creative juices and just kind of rings them out over the sink, you know? <laughs> well, it, and I think at the time they they were under the impression that what we were doing wasn't different from, from anybody else. You know, that our rock song sounded the same as every other, you know, the 50 million metal bands or the hard rock bands that were already out there. Right. And I understand the concept. They wanted to to try and get something different so they, they didn't want you to sound like those bands but they wanted to completely redo your sound and make you yeah, sound like everybody on the radio right, which right, is right, even like yeah. kind to of the 10th factor yeah, kind of exactly. the way it seemed because when yeah. we would play our the songs the way we wrote them they would be like well this sounds like you know this band or it sounds like that band or it sounds just like this or it sounds like you're trying to copy that band obviously we weren't right but that's just the way that's just the way we wrote them so Honestly, I think a lot of those songs could have been probably pretty cool. You know, with the right type of production and everything, they could have been different enough that they still would have been set apart from what everybody else was doing. So, like, stuck on a, you know, the Lonely Island thing. Like, you go to an island, you get, like, five movies and five albums for the rest of your life. You know, that that game that we play. Take all of that away and just think of the second album's tunes. Are you guys, you guys got to still be, like, proud of that like you guys are still like solid with those tunes or do you guys really just not like that does that whole 
cloud just screw everything up. Like, uh, no, no, like no. Like, it I'm all still, sucks. Get it away from me. I, I got to do a lot more background creating um, a little more music production on some of those songs. Nice. Not to the point of where there was a producer in the room. It was just more, how do you want these to sound? How do you, you know, and I, we, I got to write them right out of the box where it was always you know we already had the songs done it was in the studio and writing things i'm at the piano plucking out harmonies and um and it was kind of cool that way that was the one thing i did like about that it was here you sing this bill and you go in there and sing that part okay you sing that and then you know it was it was kind of cool i take this away from it yeah it 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 taught me something about the songwriting part of it strip everything away strip out all the production strip out the the crunch and the pieces do you have a good song? Can you sit down at a piano or guitar? Do you have a good song start to finish? Does it say something? Do you have a thought? Yeah. Uh, does anybody listen to it and feel something? And I think the songs were crafted. They were in there. Uh, I think that I learned. I could just sit down and play a song with one instrument. And it still worked. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, bud. And, and that's what I was saying. You know, it, it wasn't that, at least for me, I don't think any of the songs are bad songs. I'm not ashamed of any of those songs. I mean, I'm proud of everything that we did as a band because I thought it was cool and it was a great time to do it and it was a great experience. So it wasn't the songs themselves. It was just more, uh, like I said, it was the way we had, the way we recorded them, the way we had to record them, the way they were produced, just because I think they could have been so much better. But... uh, not the song better, but you know what I mean. The Absolutely. production better, just different. Was this released a year later, two years later? Two. Two, I think, two years. Yeah. So now we're like 95, 96. Yeah. Nice. I believe so, yeah. I think it was two years later. Uh, in the height of all that great 90s music that we love so much. Well, that whole new metal thing, remember when that was coming out, the Limp Bizkit and the, mm-hmm. yeah. know, this is way before Linkin Park and all that stuff. Like right. all of a sudden you needed a DJ and all this stuff. And exactly. Sound, sound bites. The and, rap rock and right. all that. Yeah. Yep. So again, it was still there, but like I said, you guys had the goods, man. Like take it or leave it. You guys had the goods and maybe you guys, are mis- you guys are mismanaged. You know, you guys like were you guys, clearly they missed it or they just assumed, you know, I, I don't know where CD records is now. But clearly, it's like a missed opportunity, and that's what if that bums me out. Yeah, and and it's like we were the only rock or hard rock mm-hmm. band on their label. Everything else was very country, folky. Sarah McLaughlin. So kind of yeah. yeah, so that was kind oh, of oh yeah, Lisa Bigwood. Oh and, yeah, uh, uh, CeeLo or Seely C- Green or whatever that the one country dude that was on there. Yeah. He had the the song Poodle Scoot that Poodle was Scoot. on that was on um, oh. South Park. South Park. He made a lot of money off of that wow. song. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I got to uh, play drums on that. By the way, that's what? me on there. Yeah. And there was I have a little speaking part. Now that's a stain. That's what I said in the background. <laughs> oh no! <what? laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding you, man. It was funny. It's the episode with uh, with J Lo. J Lo. Yeah. Exactly. burrito kisses. Oh my God! No way. But anyways, um, so we were the only hard rock or metal band, whatever you want to call us at that point. So they didn't know what to do with you. They re- we, There you go. That, we were there. That's us in the nutshell. <laughs> I, th- I think we were their experimental yeah. band to a point. Or they thought this is going to be easy. This is hip hop. Or not, not hip hop, but this is hip. It's hot right now. And yeah. these guys have, right. again, the good. So we can just run you up the, the chart or something. Right. Yeah, I didn't really know we, how. We're going to we, mold them wherever. Right. Sorry, exactly. but we're going to mold yep. them however we want to and just see what they can do. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay, guys. 
All right, awesome. So take me, we're done with the two albums, and now you're on your third album. Now you guys said you self-produced this one? Where's the record label at this point? Because there's a monster tune I want to play for you guys. Uh, okay, so we, we actually did a third album for the label that we're going to not talk about today. And it was mostly Dave and I sort of rehashing a few things, we added just, some studio guys. We picked a few uh, songs. We picked, like, songs that we had already done, put them on there as the greatest hits. I'm holding up air quotes. Dare, right we, use, dare we use the term filler? Fill, yeah, yeah, no. We did. So, so we jump ahead past that period, and we decide we're going to write what we want to write, do what we want to do. And this is a few years later. We started just recording and self-producing the stuff that we Doug, that we wrote. We wrote some more cool tunes. and Yeah, this is where we were as musicians, what was just coming out that we were writing. Uh, it was no specific direction. Not um, for the label, not for nothing. anybody. Just, it was just nope. for us. We went and paid for yeah. all this. Handed yeah, this it to was, fans. Yeah, yep. and it really was. And enjoyed it. And speaking of handing it to fans, because you guys gave me a copy of this EP, and the song that I want to play is called Lonely There You Are. And like I was just telling before we went live, is it kills me, Dave. It kills me that this song is like getting lost out there. Like people might've missed on this song because this song checks all of the silence boxes, all of your boxes. It has everything again. Like I said, waiting to happen, had everything, this had everything, but this is, this was like a pinnacle. Like just when people might think, okay, your first album did this second album, you guys were unhappy. You guys still had the goods. Like it was still here and you captured it on this one song. And it's the vocals, it's the bass line, it's the drums, it's the echo effect, it's the lyrics, it's sexy, it's, it's all, it's et al. It is everything and the kitchen sink. And I'm going to play most of this song, because I want to get this song out there, and then we're going to break it down for you guys, if that's okay with you guys. It's perfect. Sure. So yeah, check this out. Let's have a sexy moment. One of my favorite songs ever by Silence called Lonely, There You Are. You want to take some time and see how it can be There's times to come and go, but this is time to spend with me Don't you want to take a moment, turn the lights down low We don't really have to rush things, take it nice and take it slow Maybe spend a little more time Concentrate on you tonight. Gonna 
get to know your body Gonna get to feel your heartbeat Gonna get to kiss your lips And nothing's ever been so sweet So give me one more night Set the feeling right If you tell me one more desire I'll set your mind at ease I'm listening darling please Won't you tell me one more desire One more desire Well I am the one that holds the key to unlock your heart Lonely there you are And I am the one to take you places that you've never been Lonely there you are And I am the one that understands all of the pain you feel Lonely there you are And I am Understands all of the dreams you have But only there you are So give me one more night I'll set the feeling right If you tell me one more desire Ooh, buddy That bridge is magical, isn't it? That sounds good in phones, man. It does. (laughs) Yeah, listen. That bridge. Still sexy. Sexy. Very nice. Dude, so good. Can I use the word moist? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got a tingle in my bottom, but oh my God. Like, dude, firing on all cylinders. I mean, you guys had to feel confident with that one, right? Like, just, oh my God. I don't even, do you remember how that even came, how we... I know I've I've had that drum beat. I it, love that drum beat. And I've same, always had same that as thing always. out Billy there. Billy had a riff, a bass riff. He had that I had a, I had yeah. a bass riff and a simple guitar riff, and I showed it to Bob, and he was screwing around on his acoustic, and it had that had the that synth patch, on it. that synth patch on it, and we you did that chord, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's it. We got to do that. We got to do a song with that. It's three chords on the guitar, but with the synth. Sounds like like it's and you it know just, a whole orchestra. Up it there. just it's had so that cool. that laid back beat that just sat yeah. in that pocket and that bass riff, and I'm like, I, this this is going to be all kind of sexy. Hang tight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And exactly. It, it couldn't you, you couldn't put any other lyrics to it, but nope. that you know, nope. that was one of those let it breathe, man. Let this yeah yeah let yeah. it yeah. breathe. And we we're, yeah. we just did it for us. It's, get, you know, <laughs> get out of it, get out of your way because again. The label clearly missed out on some of the, your your guys's genius because what you guys were good at, you guys were really good, but what you guys were great at, I mean, there it is right there. Like again, super fan because that you guys check all those boxes again. It's like it's a fantastic song, man. Like it's it, it's sweet, and it didn't sit into any special style or pocket because we didn't care at this point. And then we just wrote tunes. We're like, I know, check we, it out. If we weren't no, trying to be no rib- genre, yeah. We're not a heavy rock band. We're not acoustic band. We're just whatever comes out. Here's the song I wrote today. Check out this riff. I mean, as you play some of these other songs, you'll know that we're all over the board. We go all over the place with it. We wrote a lot of different songs during this time period, and they're just all different because we weren't following any model or any direction Mm -hmm. or anything. We were just doing what we wanted to do. So two of my favorite three songs, two out of the three of my favorite are 
after the two albums because not only Lonely There You Are, but Another Day, which is my all-time favorite. Like, those two songs go hand in hand. Again, put those two tracks on one album, I'll, I'll give you a 950 for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll buy the T-shirt. I'll go see you guys live because, nice. dude, it's it's there. Again, and it's not, it's not you know, pandering. It, it's It's that which is understood need not be discussed. Fair. But we're trying to discuss it now because I want to bring people into your music because it was legit, man. It was it was the real deal back then. Thank Since you early. for that, man. Thank you for yeah. saying that, bud. That means a lot coming from you, bro. A- absolutely. Really does. Absolutely. Uh, I want to go into another day and then talk about this one really quick, guys. Because sure. this is, again, this is tandem with Lonely There You Are. and You guys are just firing in all cylinders. Good Lord, man. Look, Dave on those backing vocals. Look at you, dude, buddy. Dude, that's, that, that was fun, man. I remember doing those in the uh, studio. We didn't really write that part when we played it live. Nope. We always just did the harmonies, you know, the three part. And so you're like, just like do a call and answer thing. And I'm like, oh, what, do, what do you mean? And you're like, 
go in there and just like follow what I'm saying. And that it just worked out really well. It it's was an echo cool. of the relationship that was, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, it's funny listening to that. Now I'm listening to those words and I don't, I don't always like my words. I think they, boy, they got a lot better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That one painted a pretty good picture for me back. Just the memory of going, Oh, I remember that. And I'm yeah. Like, Ooh, I remember right where Ooh. I was at when we were recording that, what was going on in my life and things like that, you know, kids and all that stuff. So I was going to say anything you want to share or time period for you guys back then. Where did, where, where does that song even come from? Bob, what were you thinking of or what were you guys thinking of? Because it paints a very vivid picture. Uh, let, let's go back just a little bit. That another day, was actually a, a a different song before we did that to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy wrote this heavy. Yeah, the only thing I could think of was it's really it was kind of had a Queensrÿche vibe, but it was really even just a little bit different than that. And we were playing that song another day out live. Yes. That was supposed to be on the next album, right? Our second album. Our second album. Oh. And it was amazing. I loved playing that song. It was challenging. Hard. I wrote a hard drum part for it, and it was mm-hmm. hard to play live. Remember, we, to get that to sound right, it was crazy. Right. Yeah, I but had it my was hands so full. much fun. But it man. was it was pretty different from that. Totally, version there. it was very heavy. Very. You guys like, have any demos forth. of that? Or I I, I think somewhere. I have it on video. Um, oh, some old video somewhere. of yeah, some old video of, of us at like Bangles or something like that, and we played it. Wow, great song, like, man. man. I forgot about that song. That was I know. Cool. It. That was great. But that's where it started was that. And then right. it, we ended up revamping it because we weren't playing that kind of style anymore. And I think you just liked the lyrics you wrote for it. So you turned it into that, you know, to something else. Yeah, I just I just went with that vibe of, of what it was telling me, but was different than the original that we were playing out. So yeah. it, sure. But it was, you know, it was the kind of... Like another progression, you know, it was like we moved forward with that song um, to to that version. And it was very cool, man. I I can remix that in my head right now, though, right? (laughs) I know it. I know there's a few yeah. things I'd change, but not much, man. Well, really? yeah. yeah. But again, we, I mean, at the time. No, leave it right here. Leave it alone. It. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Not like, you know, the only time that works is the Beatles and they did the Let It Be Naked version. The oh, naked yeah. Where they took off all of Alan Parsons' keyboards <laughs> yes. and all the, the long and winding road had like 4,000 layers that are like just naked. Just yeah. Leave it as is, but I, no, I, no. Leave, I, I okay. think this is fantastic. Yeah. So. I was just going to say, I was going to agree with Dave. There's. You know, there's some production things that could be maybe a little different, but the song itself was 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 pretty cool. You know, we just, it was a good example of us. We took a song that we played before, and we kind of revamped it. The structure was basically the same, but we made it different. We made it something that that we liked, you know, and that we wanted to do at the time. I mean, it, yeah. Nobody told us to say, "Hey, take this song and mellow it out and make this kind of a song out of it." We just did that ourselves yeah because that's what we were feeling at the time awesome now before we wrap up here i gotta play again when you guys i was very fortunate to see you guys live a lot of people were and all these songs are great they're sing-along tunes i know the lyrics great choruses great backing vocals but what people also got when they saw you guys live was your toot your attitude of this rock band and songs like around the world just is this like when i think of you guys live it's this stuff like i love all the tears i love chance of lifetime i love what i just played Mm -hmm. sing along i love the the lonely there you are in the headphones but going live having the picture of beer with your buddies it's like when you guys would rip into this stuff 
this is what you guys are really known for. Bob's barefoot. Bob's got the harmonica on the standby. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah. This is the stuff that got me jazzed later as we were playing longer and we've been together longer and longer. It was tunes like this around the world coming up that I was like excited to tear into. Um, the guy that just had this groove and hook and I, it, I don't know. It was just kind of where I was feeling things going and it just was, <sighs> you're like, I that's that. what I, I like that song. That's what I want to do. And yep. again, it was, we did this song the same time that we did another day and lonely. There you are. Maybe even the same, we might've even recorded them at the same time. We might've, and but this they're is vastly different just because that's what we felt like we wanted to, we wanted to do that. Something, man, that third we album, doing whatever we huge. wanted. And this was another Billy riff and you, you recorded the guitar around the world. Also, mm-hmm. I, I did a double track, right? It was you on guitar, me on guitar. And he just came in and started grooving this riff. Dave throws this beat to it. And I'm like, I know what this song is about before they finished screwing with it. I'm yeah. like, so like, like with done. The words, Keep going. The words write themselves. Almost. Right. It's just like I, we we did like we often talked about. We would talk about Crossroads. Speaking of movie uh, music, movies things. Watch it was that like once a month. It was like Crossroads. So not, there's a there's Crossroads. The Spears Crossroads. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and again, Duh. I'm just gonna say it. It was the Ralph Macchio Crossroads with Woo. Steve Vai, Lightning yeah. Boy, Lightning, yeah, Lightning the Boy, Lightning Boy, Blind Dog Fulton playing and them. There is chords. a Crossroads reference in this tune. That's part of the jam. Awesome. Check it out, guys. Around the world. You can take me to the desert or across the burning sand or take me where the river flows just like a promised land. Well, you can take me anywhere you want. Won't you take me around? shoes take me to the delta to hear the rhythm and the blues where you can show me the crossroad the place i've never seen show me where they made the deal baby what's it really mean where you can show me anywhere you want or just show me around the world Go, man, around the world. 
Fantastic. You know what I remember about that the most is I was recording that with a $3,000 Paul Reed Smith. Oh. And, and I hated it. And I, I liked playing that uh, junkie Telecaster I bought off the meth head that one night at the queue. <laughs> 300 bucks. 300 bucks. Like meth head came walking yeah. in, pops open an American made telly and's like, I got to sell this man. And I'm like, American made. I, yeah, wow. I'm like, yeah. I, I can get 300 bucks out of that ATM machine. He's like, it's an $800 guitar. I'm like, how much meth you want? Because I can get you $300. <laughs> yeah, I can break now. <laughs> and I right preferred now. that that guitar it, played so much better. I sold that PRS after that. It never played as good as that meth guitar. <laughs> yeah, that 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 telly was bomb. That thing, you played that for a long time, yep. man. And you don't have that one either, that guitar I, either? No, no I, I have only kept, I've only kept two guitars. I kept my blue Ovation. Or not my ovation, my blue Ibanez uh, that I played it with that we toured with a bunch and recorded with. I got my blue I my blue Ibanez uh, and my uh, autographed Bon Jovi full band autographed guitar. Dude, yeah, how'd you get that? Yeah, uh, you know a guy. Hey, oh, <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, so final thoughts, guys, on the catalog, because this isn't just all your catalog. Like I said, you guys have stuff for days, it's clearly. Weird drop in the bucket, man. Yeah, it was. That's that's uh, cool. Reliving that time in our, just you know, in our artistry. I just coming through with those three songs. They are vastly different from each other. It's They're so good. It's very cool. Man. It might have been my favorite because there was nobody else influencing that. The three of us sat nope. down with an engineer in the studio and made stuff. Yeah, no other influence, which this, was awesome. It was just we. That's what came yeah. out, man. And, and and no ego. I'm like, yeah. Billy's like, I'm going to play solo on that. I'm like, cool. Yeah, do it. <laughs> you play it better than me. Here. Yeah. What, what do you got? What do you got? It was yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah. Bill? I I mean, I agree. It was, uh, it. that's what we were doing at the time. And, and Bob's right. I mean, we there was no... There was no influence. Nobody saying, "Hey, you guys need to do this or you need to do that." And they're not perfect songs. I mean, they're not they're not perfect, but we that's what we wanted to do. And I like those songs so much, um, not because they're perfect or technically the greatest or anything like that, but they're just they were songs that we did, like Bob said, without any influence or anything from anyone else. Those and were ours. those those were our songs. We went in, we recorded the way we wanted to. You know. It's like you guys started off that way, then you guys were ending that way also. Because yeah. what happened after yeah. you released that EP or this this stuff? Did you guys get to do anything with that at all? Was was there? That was just live gigs supporting it. And honestly, yeah. we, we printed CDs and handed them out. Just yeah, so those were freebies. Have them. Yep. And we uh, we just wanted to have something to give them give give out while we were playing. We were doing the Herman circuit at that point in time, mm -hmm. where it was like kind of the Herman's Hideaway. Mm -hmm. More, not rock clubs, but more of that kind of alternative kind of club. One more. We were doing. Yeah, little known fact. Uh, the Fray was opening for us yeah. at the time. Oh, dude. dude nice. yeah, yeah, we opened up for Opie, and The Fray opened up for us that mm -hmm. time. Yeah, they were just not even. They were Second doing, or third gig. Yeah, they were doing um, Streets Have No Name, and they did a really good yep. version of it, man. Cool it was like, stuff. wow, that was really good. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Now, I, I get them mixed up because they were from Colorado, but also One Direction. Not One Direction. One one Republic. One Republic with the yeah. Ryan Tedder guy. He's from yeah. Colorado also. Yeah, he is. Uh, where, we record, where we're at now? Where we're at now. I, I still re write, record. I do a lot of solo projects. Uh, this is my group of boys right here. I call as soon as I'm ready to put down another album. So yeah, it's still we, a silence album, but it's not a silence it's, album. I, but it's I a, call it a Robert Michael album because it's, it's you know, uh, a totally different direction, but 
The rhythm section ain't never going to change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bill and I are in a uh, band called Falling West. We're a cover band. We've got a couple of great guys with us uh, that play with us. Uh, we play all over town at the cover bars. And um, we, I just like to style. I'll never stop playing. If I can't carry the bass drum anymore, that's when I'll stop. But wow. it's, uh, and we're still going, man. And I, we, we've had some really great gigs and, and, uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, at this point we're, we're just, we're having fun, you know, and I will say regarding those songs, those songs that we were doing at that time, um, when we played them live, Dave mentioned the, you know, Herman's hideaway and some places like that. It was much more enjoyable to play for me anyway. I mean, I loved playing those songs. When you when you record an album and you have to promote the album, especially if they're not songs that you necessarily like that much and you have to play them time after time because you're trying to promote the album, it kind of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> These yeah. tunes were always fun for us to play or always yeah. fun for me to play. Yeah. When you look down the set list and you got to, you know, around the, the world, world or, you know, it was like, oh, this is great. Man, I'm looking shame. forward to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just like, at one into the next, I'm like, these are awesome. I know. Play. Northbound was, train, any of them, man. It was way, it was way yeah. fun, way more enjoyable. And honestly, that's, I mean, that's why we did this or yeah. that's why we do this. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like any other drug, man. I mean, it's. It's that first time playing, playing in front of people and you get that high, man. It's, it's that rush. Like it. It, right? yeah. What's well, really funny, like storybook, like we have without, without all the money and yachts and drugs and <laughs> hookers and fire trucks. We it's have. all the way, all <laughs> the way oh, back man. around to be this old and just finally doing what we want to do for fun and just playing what we feel like. And I'll put it out an album. I don't care if anybody buys it. Uh, I'll put it out. Yeah. These guys are playing. I'll go and sing them. You know, we're just doing music. Because we like it again. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Anything in the future? Any any hope for us fans out there? Anything c- coming? I'd say hearing hearing a couple of these mixes makes me want to go, listen, uh, when we got some studio time, let's redo a couple of these yeah. while everybody's together. So who knows? Awesome. Billy, uh, Billy's had a few, uh, few moments recently, too, of getting some writing juices back too and that's really good to hear man i've had some ideas man it's been a while since that's happened but these these two are the ones that brought most of the riff or all the riffs really to it so it was just a matter of me putting a beat and then throwing throwing the words on top so (laughs) i play with other musicians and you do like little projects things i always measure the bass player against the best oh, bass player I've ever played with. Yeah, I always no. measure the singer yeah. against the singer I played with for the most. I mean, I, right. I do, man. And it's, it, I've, I've brought him into other bands only because I've like every, all the other bass players are like, yeah, they're good, but they're not Billy. That, and that's right. my it's a favorite thing bar. to say. It's a tough bar. It yeah. is. Yeah. They're not Billy. And yeah. so that's what I bring. He sings with me. We've harmonized really well together. We, we know where we're going before we don't, we don't have to look at each other. We just go. We, we were telepathic too. Like I said, yeah. that was, it was the greatest thing because not only did we're me and Billy telepathic that way, we just, I've never had as much fun because we're yeah. just laughing, man. I like me it. and Billy are just freaking goobers and we're going to laugh with something in fourth grade and we just know what we want and we just stayed out of each other's way and it was awesome. Like I said, Bob was the missing link, you know, yeah. because you had a, you know, I've been called worse. 
<laughs> Squat. Do your knuggles drag the ground? <laughs> but uh, the name of my next album is Squat. Squat. Sasquatch. The, the missing link. Sweater so, vest. So wrapping Sweater up. Vest. Wrapping up, guys. This is an ongoing series because we still got to talk. We we have now the next episode touring. We got to talk about on the road stuff. Yeah. But that's oh, coming up oh in the boy. near future. Oh, oh. And There's this some is, things we can't mention, by the way, about the touring. Just because we'll get that. Come back. Yeah. What was it? What's, what happened in Germany stays <laughs> get in that, Germany. Yeah, exactly. Get that sensor button ready. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe now and come back later. <laughs> Absolutely, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is part two of my interview with Silence, one of the premier rock bands of the 90s in Denver, Colorado. This is from my chair with Carlos. And if you're a new subscriber, please, please subscribe to the channel and hit that notification button so you don't miss a single episode. We will have more episodes every Monday dropping. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Carlos. All right. Thanks, man. Right on. See you guys.